Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant, another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churchtea.org. Many of you can remember an Aaron that used to have dark hair and served a lot of years doing youth ministry and had a lot of energy and vitality. And during those years, I used to want to be this guy named Josh McDowell. Anybody know who Josh McDowell is? Josh McDowell uh, would speak oftentimes at different youth events we'd take kids to. And Josh was full of Live, full of life. He was full of joy. He was full of excitement. He was full of peace. He was full of stuff. And every time we go to these things, you would go out, there'd be bands there and different other things. And out there in the foyer, wherever we were gathered, there would be this horde of kids, not around some musician, not around some, some comedy guy, not a, but around this guy who was wearing a Tommy Hilfiger uh, running suit was gray-haired and like 60-something years old. And I remember telling my wife, I want to be Josh McDowell when I grow up. And because he was, he was old, but he wasn't old. And he wasn't like popcorn. You know, some, some old people try and act young, and it, don't, it doesn't work. You know what I'm talking about? He wasn't that guy. He was that guy who was genuine. He recognized his, his, his place, but he was so full of life and so full of excitement and so full of truth and so that he just was a magnet for young kids, man. And I wanted to be him. I mean, I promise. That was like, like if I could be anybody, I thought I want to run around at 60 years old and I want to do youth things and I want to hang out with kids. And then something happened. I began to get old. And I found out my thinking wasn't quite what it used to be. And my body for sure wasn't what it used to be. You know what I mean? Like I could remember not being able to handle lock-ins anymore. You know, because teenagers would keep you up all night. And I just couldn't do that anymore. I recognized that I, I, I was just, things were happening to me that I couldn't control. I didn't think. And, and, and it became frustrating at times. I would look back into the mirror and look at that guy who's got more gray hair than I remembered from the morning before. And it was a frustrating moment, and, and um, you know, I, I want to be a guy who's full of life and, and, and is vivacious, right? I, I want to be a guy who's a magnet for, any, for anybody who's looking for hope and looking for strength and looking for life. I don't want to be just, you know, uh, young acting. I also want to have the wisdom that life experience can give me so I can really help somebody. And Josh McDowell somehow had that. But it's hard for me to stay young. Do you know Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I think we all want to stay young. We, we all want to stay youthful. We, we hate the mornings of creaking joints. How many of you have to do this for 15 minutes when you get up in the morning? Huh? Anybody, anybody know what I'm talking about? Hmm? How many of you have sat and tried to have a conversation and spent five minutes going? You know, and you say those words, right? Because not only is the body acting up, the mind's not quite what it used to be, and you find when you need a burst of enthusiasm, it's just not there anymore. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And so we resort to things like, oh, I don't know, uh, hair color, just to make us feel better, right? And guys, I'm talking to you too. I know about just for men, right? right, right. We resort to things like skincare products, right? 
Just to give us the hope when we look back in the mirror, we resort to things, oh, I don't know, like workout programs, right? Thinking that's going to help us, or nugenics. Am I right? But here's one thing I, I know. The one thing, the one thing is going to help us to stay alive, youthful, if you will. It's not all that stuff. It is our connection to God. He is life. He is joy. He is peace. And the only way we're going to stay alive, and I don't mean just exist, I don't mean just make it through a day, and I don't mean, I mean fully alive, is because we stay connected to him. Not connected to some experience we had in him some time ago, not in some religious ideology, what we think he might be, or what, but actually on a daily basis, basis, making decisions that connect us more to him than to anything else, connect us more to his life than anything else, that make our thoughts think along his lines, so our brains are renewed and revived every day. That's the only thing that's going to matter. And so here's what I want to tell you today. Stay connected to him in act, we need to stay connected to him in, 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 in all actuality, physically, relationally, in totality. And so here it is. Real life available to all, young and old, but it requires three things. It requires faith, it requires intention, and it requires focus. If I'm going to stay alive in Christ, I'm going to stay youthful in my relationship with him, it's going to be because I have faith. It's going to be because I have intention. It's going to be because I have focus. And along the way, the wisdom that life is supposed to dish to me is going to come, and so I can both be alive and youthful, and I can be wise about the days that I live in. And I can be a resource for other people, right? Are you with me on that? You can, I think, in the kingdom have your cake and eat it too. You can cover up the gray hair with color, but you're still kind of decrepit in some places. You know what I mean? You can try and work out, but if you don't renew your mind, your attitudes and your thought process are going to stay crotchety and old. But Jesus, because he's alive in us, he can make us. Man, I love those songs. I don't know, Jay, if you picked the song list, you were listening to Jesus, man. I was listening to that alive stuff you were singing. I'm like, oh, that is so right on. Because we want real life, right? I didn't give him a song list. I didn't tell him what I was preaching on. I don't know if he snuck into some files on my computer and let, like looked around or something. He probably hacked in or something because he's smart like that. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, um, he wouldn't do anything that deceitful, I, I, don't, I don't think. Anyway, and so here's the thing. Real life is available to us, and it matters not our age. But it does matter that we have faith. It does matter that we, with intention, move forward. It does matter that we stay focused on the things that matter. So let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter seven or chapter eleven, verse seven, and read together. Listen to these words. Boy, I want this to be my testimony. Light is sweet. How pleasant to see a new day dawning. When people live to be very old, let them rejoice in every day of life. Oh, come on, man. Isn't that what you want? You want every day for your feet to hit the, hit the floor and go, yes, I'm alive. Right? I mean, that's what I want. I don't want to wake up in the morning going, oh, crud, not another day. Huh? I want one more. I want one more. Yeah, give me one more. Give me, give me another one. Give me another chance to glorify your name. Give me another chance to be a great husband. Give me another chance to be an awesome dad. Give me another chance to be an incredible friend, God. Give me another chance to be an awesome witness for you. Give me one more day. Don't we want that? Don't we, 
don't we, don't we want to see? See, God's commandment to us is if we're going to move forward and have life, here's the point. Enjoy, every, enjoy life every day. Every day. You have to make the decision that you understand what Rick said when we started this service this morning. This is the day the Lord has made. This is the day. Not tomorrow, not someday 15 years ago when something awesome happened. Today is the day that God has made. This is the day he's allowed me to have breath in my lungs. This is the day he's allowed me to have vitality in my spirit. This is the day he's given me wisdom to confront whatever's going to be confronted. This is it, man. And I can walk it out with passion and joy. Boy, this has been a challenging week for me. And some of this is like, when I've read this this week, I've had to like really employ it. I've got some things going on that are just like, woo, I feel like I'm in over my head. And it can be really kind of like, woo, okay, Jesus. I told some people this week, I feel like somebody just took me out to the deep end of the pool when I'm like three years old, you know what I mean? And go, get to the side. You know, and I had to remind myself, I'm supposed to enjoy this walk. I am supposed to enjoy this day. I'm supposed to enjoy this life. I want you to think about this. Some of us have personal experience sitting right here right now. Some of us understand the necessity of enjoying this moment. And the unfortunate piece of that equation is this. It came at a great price. We recognize that this day is really important because other days we lost someone or something, and life turned on a dime, and we realized, man, what I had, I, I did not enjoy it like I'm supposed to. I did not make a ticket. I took things for granted. I did all this is life, death, everything in between, you know. So th- I got to make it. Uh, some of you are sitting here right now, go, dude. Aaron is so right. And you know why? You know, it's because you've lost much, and you're going, oh, I just wish I would have back those, those. Oh, I just, oh, you're just so. Some of you should take a, take lessons right now. You don't have to be that person. Who wishes they would have taken advantage of the moment, the day that you're living in? Man, you, 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 listen, some, some of you have, have had, had earth-shattering things happen that, 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 that are like, you know, diagnosis or pink slips. And, and all of a sudden you wake up and you go, that job wasn't that bad. Am I right? Boy, I should have been, I should have been a bad, wow. Some of you have, you know, enjoyed this day. There's a commodity you can never get back. It's called time. You can't get it back. Once it's spent, it's gone. You can't recoup it. Enjoy this day. If you're going to live full of life, if you're going to live full of joy, if you're going to live full of peace, you're going to make the most of this day. Enjoy this moment. And I know it comes with worry, and I know it comes with fear, and I know it comes with all that stuff. But listen, real life is available to all of us. It doesn't matter our age. But we have to have faith in it. We have to have intention in it, and we have to have focus in it. Not on the day, it's, excuse me, on the day itself, but on the one who made the day. The one who created this moment. The one who stands outside of time and space. And he says, listen, I've given this to you. This is a gift and walk into it. Enjoy every day. Enjoy life every day. Look at the second half of Ecclesiastes 11.8. But let them also remember there will be many dark days and everything still to come is meaningless. Now I want to remind you something. I remind you every week. This is not some young man with some philosophical ideas speaking these words. This is Solomon, an elderly man at this point, who's lived a lot of life. He's not just, you know, 
he's, he's, he's done a lot of things. And he's reminding us how to, how to transgress life because of how he lived. And some things weren't successful and some things weren't good. And he's saying, listen, this is something you have to know. The other thing you have to do is you have to anticipate challenge. Challenge is coming. Challenge will be there. Dark clouds will brew. Rain will fall later this afternoon. Difficult decisions will have to be made. Confrontations will have to be walked through. That's a part of this thing called life. And we can't, we can't get away from it. We, we, can't, uh, 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 we can't walk in, in oblivion. We can't, like, you know, we can't be ostriches and stick our heads in the sand and just wish it would go away. Maybe if I just, was anybody ever like me when I was a kid? I'd play hide and go seek like it. <clears throat> My mom and dad literally have this picture of me, okay? This is the honest truth. We had a porch. We lived on Cleveland Avenue on the east end of town. And there was a picture of me where we had this post on the corner of our, of our stoop where it had like a roof over it. it had this little white post there. And, and I, was, I was playing hide and go seek like this. Because I thought if I closed my eyes, nobody could see me because I couldn't see them. And some of us, we think, we think challenge is going to go away. That All I have to do is close my eyes. It's going to go away. It's go- There's no place like home. There's no place like home. And, 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 but it's not going to go away. And here's the other thing about these, these kinds of things. God's hope for you is not that, that, that you would live a, 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 a conflict-free life or a tension, that there, that there would be a tension-free zone for you. His, his hope for you is not that you would live in absolute comfort with no motivation to do anything. His hope for you is this. His hope for you is that you become like Jesus. And the thing that makes you most like Jesus is the challenge. That's the thing that makes you most like Jesus. It's the thing that, that forces you to deal with who you are. It's the, it's the thing that forces you to, to kind of look at life in a different light. It, it, we, the, the human race has been infamous over years in, in times of, of, of comfort and ease and, and abundance to, to, to walk away from God and forget he's even there. But when challenge comes, we're reminded of how weak and frail we are and how much we need somebody bigger than us and how that there are things that we've done to create this thing. And so we want to get it better. And it causes us to repent. It causes us to, to turn around and go, okay, what's going on and so we need it and we can't avoid it we should enjoy this day and we shouldn't let the the threat of of, of challenge threaten the joy of this day but we should also be aware that it's part of the process do you understand what i'm saying we can't get away from it some of it's not if, but when. James 1, the, bro- the half-brother of Jesus, writes to us in James 1, and he says these words. Talk about enjoying every day. He says this, count it all joy when trouble comes. Count it joy. Make the decision that on the day that challenge arises, you're still going to enjoy life. He says, because, why can you do that? Because, he says, that challenge will produce in you character perseverance, and serious traits that make you more like Jesus. That's why you can rejoice even in the day the challenge comes. Isaiah 43, God looks at his people. He makes a prophetic word over over the people of Israel. He says, listen, I want you to know something. I love you. I know you. I have called you by name. And you think, all right, that sounds like he's about to do something to give me a free pass. You know what what the next word is is in the next verse? When. Not if, when you pass through the water, 
I will be there. When you pass through the fire, I will be there. I love you. I have paid a ransom for you. But even his ransoming of us into salvation doesn't give us an exemption card for the challenge. He promises us. You know what's crazy? It's like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel chapter 3. You know what happens? They really don't have an experience with Jesus walking with them in evidence until they're inside the fire. And see, what happens is when you get in the fire, then Jesus shows himself in a light you never knew before. And so you need the challenge so you can see him more clearly to alleviate the fall care of the, the, the things that are getting you. Because what happens is when life's going good, there's a lot of interference that happens. A lot of things that are minor things become major things. And when minor things become major things, our life gets off track. But when we have to, to, to downsize and make the challenge, big decisions because of challenge, all of a sudden things that are really important become really clear. And Jesus shows himself to us in a way we've never seen him before. And that's a beautiful moment. Think about this. The disciples in Mark chapter 4 didn't know Jesus could control the wind and the waves until they were in the storm. And the crazy thing about it, they should have went like, you know, hey, he's asleep. Maybe things are okay. And they were like, no, I don't think things are okay. You ever do that, Jesus? I don't. Jesus, you're, you're, you're praying. I don't think things are okay, Jesus. What you do? What you do? Would you, you please do something? And you're, ah! And he's like, oh, my. And I guess you know, the eye roll. If Jesus, if, if, if Jesus, if Jesus texted, uh, he, he would, uh, a bunch of people get that eye roll thing. Like, all right, come on, really? And, and he gets up and he goes, Whoo! and Peter and all those guys go, what kind of guy is this? Even the wind and the waves obey. I mean, think about it, man. It wasn't until that moment they went, oh, we have tapped into something here. Now think about your life, certain challenges where all of a sudden you realized how amazing the grace of God was, how amazing the power of God was, how amazing his goodness was, how awesome he is faithful. And when everybody else left, he was still there and he walked into it. You would have never known that if it wasn't for the challenge. Here's my point. Anticipate the challenge. Don't avoid it. It's necessary for you to be what he wants you to be. Real life is available to all of us. It doesn't matter our age, young or old, but it requires us to have faith. Faith is simply this, trusting God, knowing him. We have to face it with intention, and we have to face it with focus. Real life is available to you. And some of you aren't experiencing it. You know why? Because you're letting everything else get in the way. And you're wondering why this storm has happened. The storm has happened so you can see Jesus more clearly. That's important. That's important. Listen, Ecclesiastes 9 reads like this. How many, of you, how many people in here are under the age of 25? Let me see hands. Oh, get a high. Be bold. Come on, don't be sad. Because I'm about to talk right to you. All right? Listen to what, listen to what Solomon's words are in Ecclesiastes 11.9. Young people... I love this old, this old dude right here. It's wonderful to be young, exclamation point. Do I get any amens in the crowd? Huh? He says this, enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do. And all, and all of a sudden parents are going, oh, Aaron, please don't say that. Don't say that from in front of the church. Oh, please, 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 please. Don't, no, you don't know the conversations I've had with my kid this week. Oh, please back off on that. Oh, please, please, please. Okay, listen. Now Solomon's just like giving a license here, okay? 
But he is saying this, listen, you need to get the ball rolling in your life positively. Start enjoying it now. Don't give in to the rhetoric. Don't give in to the, to, the, to the problems. Don't give in to the worry. Don't give in to the doubt. Don't give in to the fear. Do it. But he also balances with this because there's, there's this big three-letter word right next to it. He goes, buy it. Remember that you must also give an account to God for everything you do. So there's your balancing act, mom and dad. Yeah, go do it. Live life with vitality. Man, go after it, young person. Chase the dream. Chase the life. Chase the joy. Chase the hope. But remember, your life is not your own. That one day, you're going to have to stand before Christ, and you're going to have to give an account for what you did. Old person, listen to me. You're going to have to give an account for everything you did, and you're closer to standing before Jesus than those young people are. And you've slacked off. And you've forgotten to enjoy every day. And you're worried about the economy and the retirement account and the government and all kinds of other things and how this is going to go down and what's going to happen. And Jesus is still looking like, dude, look at me. I'm still king. I'm still God. And quit being crotchety about it. Let's keep walking together, right? Long as you have breath in your lungs and life in your body and heart in your soul, listen to me. I got something for you to do. And you're young compared to me, so get up and do something. That's what he'd say to you. He's called the Ancient of Days. None of you qualify for that title yet. You may feel like it on Sunday morning or Monday morning or Wednesday morning, but you're not Ancient of Days yet. And if he can tell you, hey, I got this, he's got it. Huh? Man, come on. You've probably been here at all. Life's but a vapor. You know what I'm saying? God's been here forever, and he's just as full of life and full of joy and full of peace. Ain't nothing bothering him. And you're his child. That's right, you. You. You're his child. You're, you're, you're his, you're his, I mean, here's the thing. Employ youthful energy. Employ it. Tap into the, the, the heart of God. Let Bible calls, calls his joy our strength. There's a guy named Caleb in the Bible. He, at 85 years old, he makes a statement like this. I was young, now I'm old. And he goes, I can still take that mountain. Bring it on. I can take it. The power of God. You know, what, you know why he could say that? Because he didn't give in to the to the, to the to the worry and the fear. He kept his focus on the things of God, and he, he endured when a bunch of other people fell away, when a bunch of other people gave in to worry and fear and crossedness. He's like, man, I know that I saw those grapes. Uh, I saw that milk and honey. I saw those promises, and if that God that heard and listened to us over 400 years in the land of Egypt is still a God, and I watched him part the Red Sea, and I watch him, he can still make sure I get to enjoy that part of what he promised us, and I'm going to keep walking towards him regardless of what everybody else does. At 85, he makes a proclamation. So it is possible to experience real life regardless of your age, but you have got to remain in faith. And you have got to remain in intention. And you've got to remain in focus on the things that really matter. 
See, my job as a pastor is not just to make you feel good. And I like it when you feed, feed back to me. It's like throwing raw meat to a dog. Just keep preaching and screaming and shouting. Yeah. But here's my biggest deal, man. I'm supposed to equip you for everyday life. That, that is my job. And I'm, I'm the young whippersnapper to a lot of you. I get that. But the Word of God is still the Word of God. And I don't make apologies for that. And I, I, w- I want you to, 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 I want you yet in your, your elder years to make the most of what God's given you. Young people, I want you to start the momentum process forward because life is going to throw challenge. And here's, here's something for you. Where's John? John's back there, Mr. Physics guy. The, the, the physical science tells us, physics tells us this, that an object in motion tends to stay in motion. So here's the, here's the point. Get the ball rolling. Get the thing rolling. Start now. Being a person of faith, start now. Being a person of intention, start now. Making sure your focus is where it should be. And guess what? All you older folks who think, I've wasted much time. You know what? The Bible tells us God gives us back all the years that were taken from us. The canker worm and the other worm and all all that stuff. He says, listen, I'll bring you into a new day. He says, let's let's get the ball rolling. Well, I've already lived my life. You don't know that. I heard somebody about this lady who was 115 years old. You know what that means? If I can live to be as long as she lived, I'm still not halfway there yet. Well, praise Jesus. I suddenly feel really young. Huh? So I can keep the ball rolling. You know, God didn't start, use, didn't start using Moses until he was 80. Think about that for just a second. Think of Abraham and Sarah. 100. <laughs> 90. Now, I'm not sure there's any elderly people in here who want to have babies like right now or anything like that. And I got to tell you, honestly, right now, like for me, I'm thinking, yeah, 46 is kind of too old to have babies anymore. I'm kind of. Now, I want some spiritual babies, but not babies I have to change diapers on anymore. I'm kind of and sleepless nights. I'm kind of through with that. But Abraham and Sarah walked into that, believing the promise of God, Right? Didn't do everything right. Boy, they, moved, they goofed it up. If you want to see the epitome of people who wavered in faith at times, dude, just watch them. Abraham gave his wife to the king of Egypt. Can you just wrap your mind around that for just a minute? Just tell him, I'll just tell him, because he was fearful for his own life. That's a man of, yeah. But God allowed him to walk through that so he could see how awesome God himself was. Isn't that cool? I know some of you ladies think you got a bad spouse. I'm doubtful your husband ever gave you to a harem. He's probably done all kinds of things. I imagine in their days you're like, oh my God. But I'm doubtful that that ever happened to you. I guess got my, you know, and, and, and so, you know, just, just food for thought, right? And, and if you want real life in your marriage, if you want real life in your, in, in, in your, in your parenting, if you want real life in your grandparenting, it's going to require to you to be full of life because you're focused, because you're full of faith, and because you do it with intention. Look at, look, look at the next passage of Scripture. Ecclesiastes 11.10, the first part. So refuse to worry and keep your body healthy. 
Refuse to worry and keep your body healthy. I want to say this. You should infuse health, infuse faith, refuse to worry, and engineer health. Now, there's, there's a lot in that, those few words, okay? But here's the idea. This is a commandment in the Scriptures. Some of you don't refuse worry. You invite it to come sit at the table. You invite it into every conversation. You invite it into every day. You invite it, and the Bible says to refuse it. When it comes knocking the door, you slam the door in its face. How can you do that? Because you choose to listen to the word of God rather than everything else that's going on around you. So you have to infuse faith if you're going to refuse worry. Okay? That means for some of us, we have to turn off, I don't know, some news show. We have to stop Googling things that incite that. Some of us have to stop listening to other people's ideas about how our, you know, spouse is or how our kids are or, you know what I'm saying? Because you're inviting it in. You're inviting it to, to sit and eat with you. You're encouraging it by what you read and how you, you understand what I'm saying? And you have to refuse, you have to refuse it. And the only way to refuse it is to infuse something else that's faith, that's from the Word of God. So you can't have real life in your home. You can have real life at your workplace. You can have real life with your kids. You can have real life with your, with your spouse. You can have real life with your grandkids. You can have real life with your neighbors. You can have real life with your coworkers. But it's going to not be because you're worried about that. It's because you've infused faith into it, and you refuse to give in to the fear and the concern and all that stuff. The other thing is you've got to engineer health. Now, some of you are like, please pray for me. I got this, that, and the other thing. And you won't eat right, and you won't do anything else the Bible tells you to do to maintain healthiness. And, you're, and, and can I say something to you? Stop. They used to tell us in Bible college, you can't walk in divine health and eat five Snickers a day. It's impossible. And every time you turn around, you're doing unhealthy things for your body. You're doing unhealthy things for your relationships. You're doing unhealthy things for your mind. You're doing unhealthy things for your finances. You're doing un- and so you've got to engineer some health. You take the Bible. You literally apply it to your life, and you walk that out. That's where the faith thing gets infused. Because it's not just enough to believe it. You have to believe it enough to act upon it. Okay? Faith without works is dead. It's vain. It means nothing. So we can slap you with oil. We can pray for you. But unless you take the Bible to be the truth that it is and begin to apply what it tells you about your life, some things aren't ever going to be healthy. Because your job is to be a disciple, a follower of Christ who lives life differently because of his work, because of his grace, because of his illumination in your life to his word. And I get it. We don't, we, none of us can do it perfectly. I can't. I told you, last week I told you, I had done so good, man. I was like four and a half pounds close to my goal, man. I was doing so good. And it took me about three days to pack on five more pounds. Oh, what in the world? Ah! And I knew that peanut butter at like... 10.30 at night wasn't going to do me any good, but it was so good. <laughs> oh, it was, uh, and it 
would be, it would be, it'd have been great if it was just peanut butter, but it wasn't just peanut butter. It was peanut butter and honey, and it was peanut butter and honey and crackers. It was peanut, and it just, and it wasn't once, it was twice, it was four, it was five. I'm like, oh, I just, and he's like, babe, you know what you're, I'm like, just be quiet, I'm enjoying this. You know, you guys know what I'm saying, right? Huh? Listen, you got to do healthy things. Words, you can speak healthy words or you can speak unhealthy words. And it will affect the climate at your home. It will affect the climate, the, the attitudes of your children. It will affect the interaction between you and your spouse. It will, it will, you, you can, there's all kinds of unhealthy things. There's, there, there, there is the eye roll. Oh, my gosh. And all of a sudden, you've sown a seed of unhealthy thought, things in, into your life. Some of you, I, I talked about not being able to re- withdraw from the peanut butter, right? Some of you can't walk past the, the, the clearance shoe aisle. And you know that later on that day, it's going to breathe unhealthiness into your relationship, yet you can't stop doing it. You've got to do it with intention, right? You've got to think about that. Some of you are so anxious and worried that you won't let your spouse splurge every now and then. And that's unhealthy. You understand what I'm saying? And so I want you to engineer health into your life. I want you to think about how you can practically apply the Word of God. I want you to get away from worry. I want you to infuse faith because that's where it's at. Now, listen. Look at, 10, look at, look at the, the last half of verse 10. Here's another big but. But remember that with youth, a whole life is before you. But it's meaningless. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your creator, verse 1 says. With youth, there's a whole life before you. But it can be meaningless. Here's the thing. In all of this living, the one thing you have to do is you have to incline yourself toward the kingdom of God. That's the whole point. It is meaningless without you walking towards Christ. It is meaningless without you doing what you do. Everything you do, whether you eat or drink, you do it all for the glory of God, 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, I think. And, 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 and you, you, Colossians 3.23-24 tells us, whatever we do, do it all for the glory of God. Here's the thing. We can do whatever. Paul says, I have license to do anything, but everything's not good. Everything's not expedient. God wants us. God would never want his kids not to enjoy the life he's given them. But he does know challenge is coming, and he does say this. Listen, the best thing you can do with your life to find hope, to find life, to find joy, to find hope, to find peace is this, is to walk towards my kingdom. Matthew 6.33 says this, that we should seek first. No, 6.31, somewhere in there. Seek first the kingdom of God. And then everything else seems to fall into where it's supposed to be. That doesn't mean it's easy, but our priorities get adjusted the way they should be, and that's how things, and, it, this is, don't, and he goes on to say, verse 34, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worry of itself. Here's, the, here's how you refuse to worry. You, you incline yourself toward the kingdom. Every morning you get up, you say, God, I'm walking towards you today. God, today, I'm, I'm living for you today. God, today, whatever, my, whatever comes out of my life, I want to be the kinds of things that honor your name, that, 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 that let people see how powerful you are, that let people see what it looks like when a life adheres to your word. This is, this is where life is not meaningless. 
If you live life for yourself, you will come up every time finding that it's meaningless. This is what Solomon teaches us from his life. He was given all wisdom to make decisions in court, and people came from everywhere. And then when he lived it for himself, he came up with this. It doesn't matter. I've lived it for myself. As an elderly man, he's saying, I lived it for myself. I did everything I wanted to do. I lived the way I wanted to. And you know what? Because I didn't live it for the glory of God, I lived it for for my own glory, it doesn't matter. So young person, please live for God. Old person, please live for God. Everybody in between, live for God. You You won't find it being drained of joy. You won't find it being drained of peace. You will find it being challenged at times because to align yourself with Christ means you've taken sides during, during an entire history of warfare. Okay? You understand that? But you're on the winning side when you choose with Jesus. And the worst thing that can happen to you in this life is you lose it, life. But then the Bible tells us, when I have lost my life for his sake, I have gained it. So bring on the challenge, right? Bring it on. I want you to listen to some words from Philippians chapter 4. Paul in the New Testament tells us how to, about this real life we have available to us, to young and old. It's about faith. It's about intention. It's about focus. And he says these words, Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Here's choices. Listen to the choice he tells you to make. Always be joyful in the Lord. That's a choice. Always be joyful in the Lord. And again, I say it, rejoice, exclamation point. Let everyone see that you are considerate. If you're considerate, you're doing things with intention and with focus, right? In all that you do. And here's the point. The thing, the thing Solomon kept saying, over, you're going to stand before the Creator. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Verse 6, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. See, here's the point. All of your life is to be lived in connection to God. Every day, you can only rejoice in so much as you are connected to Him. When you pray, you're connecting yourself to Him. That is, that is the point. You're inclining yourself to His kingdom. The only way to enjoy this real life is to maintain and grow in your connection to God. That's it. No other way. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Now listen to this next line. Let's talk about a promise. Then you will experience God's peace. Oh, man, listen to these words. Which exceeds anything we can understand. And I almost fell backwards just saying those words. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live. Being fully alive, experiencing abundant life, throw something as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Listen to this. Fix your thoughts on what is true and what is honorable and are right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. I will say this about Paul. Paul is now on the end of his days. He is now the old man. He is the mentor, not the mentee. He's the guy who is, who's, who's in a few chapters in 1 Timothy, he's like, I've poured out my life. It's about over. Learn from me. 
And Paul was able to maintain his his vivaciousness all the way through all the turmoil, all the trash, all the imprisonments, being stoned, being left for dead. He has been whipped with with rods. He's been whipped with whips. He's he's I mean everything you can imagine. And this guy's like rejoice in everything. And here's what I'm gonna say to you, like I said about those those wives and Sarah. I don't know what you've been through, but I'm sure you haven't been stoned. I'm sure you've not been beaten with rods. I'm sure you've not been beaten with whips. I'm sure you've not been left for dead. And I'm pretty sure you haven't been in prison for too much. That were good things. Paul was always in prison for good things. Some of us have probably been done some jail time for other things, but not for good things, right? And so he tells us these things. He's telling us these things because they work. Not because they're philosophically sound great. Because he has lived them out, and he looks at us and goes, you can do it too. I am, the, I am the most of all sinners, he says. I'm the best sinner there was, and he goes through his resume, right? And if God can do it in my life, he can do it in your life. I'm the chiefest of them, he said. I killed people. And so if he can do it through Paul, he can do it with you, right? Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you wherever you go. Are those beautiful words and promises? Man, I feel good today somehow. I haven't felt good for three or four days, but I feel good right now. Something about the Word of God does that for you, you know what I mean? Can I take a drink real quick? Let's get real for a minute, okay? Let's, let's talk about questions and applications and alterations. Can we talk about that in prayer? Let me ask you a question right now. Where's your joy today? If you could rate your joy on a level thing, because what gives us life is the amount of joy that's inside of us. And joy isn't something we can make happen. Joy has everything to do with our connection to God. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit of God. Okay, It's not based on circumstance. It's not based on good times. It's not based on having everything I want. It's not based on what's in my bank account. It's not based on, you know, uh, climates or weather or, or anything. It, 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 it's, it's based on my connection to Christ, right? So if I'm, I'm asked this question. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, hey, where's your joy? Where is it? The Bible says that, where, that, 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 that uh, joy is our strength, Nehemiah says. And so if you feel weary and wore out and tired and less than li- full of life, your joy's probably down somewhere, right? And so what do, you, what do you have to do? The application is this. You, you have to choose rejoicing. And you've got to say no to being crotchety. You've got to say no to it. You know what the Bible says? Think about kids. They can laugh at the drop of a hat. They can forgive at a drop of a hat. Think about, think about a kid. You can tell them to jump, and if you're, you're somebody they trust, they'll just jump. You know? And the Bible tells us we're supposed to have childlike faith. That's Jesus' words. I love it when I hear this. Well, you know somebody's kids did that. How you know it wasn't somebody's parents? That's what I want to say to them. How you know it wasn't somebody's grandparents? Hello, hey. Yes, Jesus? I am. 
I know you're talking to me. Yes, yes. I'm wor- yes, I know, I know I need joy. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, yes, I, I, know, I know what Aaron just said. That's me. Yes, 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 yes. Right? Now, maybe God gave us a, a light moment for a minute, but I think that's true. Some of you think you're not getting, you know, the, like the phone calls for somebody else. Thank you, Jesus, for leaving the ringer on. Because now all of a sudden it hits home, right? Let me ask you another question. We, 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 we need to pray for you to have an infusion of joy. How many would say, like, right now, say, I need an infusion of joy. And don't wait to look around and see who else raises their hand. Right now you say, like, I need an infusion of joy. Who am I? Right on. Be honest. Sweet. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. Now, let me ask you another question. How worried am I right now? How many of you woke up this morning and the first thought on your mind was something to be worried about? Huh? I mean, the first thought, there's a hand. That's honest. Good. That's awesome. Come on, come on. Because here's where we get the rubber meets the road. Jesus is here to change our lives, right? If we don't get honest about where we are, we can't get it fixed. We must confess our sin, our faults, one to the other. At that place, healing begins, and the prayer of the righteous makes much power available. That's all one line in Scripture. Not two different verses like we try to separate them out. And so here's the thing. We're about to talk about how God's going to infuse your life with something. But you've got to be honest about where you are before that infusion comes, where that healing comes, all right? So that's why I'm asking these questions. All right, I like this when it goes this way. You know, expect challenge. Those of you who are worried, expect challenge. But simultaneously expect God to be faithful in and through the challenge. And how are you going to do that? Because you concentrate more on his word and his character when you're concentrating on your circumstance and your situation. And you know what you need? We need to pray for you this way. We need to pray for you to have an overwhelming sense of God's love because the Bible says perfect love drives away fear and worry. So how many of you would say, dude, I need an overwhelming sense of God's love? Anybody in the room? I mean, come on, right now. Woo, okay, good, 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 good. All right, all right. Now, see, now, now this, is, this is the work of ministry, all right? Okay, oh, man, I'm, I could like, run a lap or do something. Okay, so let me ask you another question. Where's your focus? What things right now are vying for your attention? What things right now are coming to you and you're like, you're, you're just having a hard time staying locked in on my screaming voice and my spitting and sweating? Huh? Anybody, you know, anybody there like, oh, yeah, can I tell you something? The one thing you've got to do, and this, this may not be as easy to accomplish in here right now, because the only way that's going to change is because you grow in hunger and and, 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 and chasing after God's word. Because it's the one thing. It's the one thing that will give you the truth. All the time. Every time. It's the one thing where you've you, you got to put, put your nose in it. You've got you to be committed to it. And so we're going to ask God for hunger. How many of you would say, like, man, I need, I need to be more hungry to eat the manna of heaven? I'm reading Facebook, and I'm reading Twitter, and I'm reading Google, and I'm doing whatever, and I'm newspaper, and Fox News, and CNN, and whoever else, and blah, 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 and I don't, I'm not, and I, that's a, anybody? I need to be hungry. Jesus, make me hungry. Oh, man, these guys are, oh, yes. Oh, man. So, let's do this. Stand up with me. Now, the first thing I want you to do, I want you to, I'm just going to do something. This is off the top of my head, man, all right? Is that all right? First thing I want you to do, I wish I, did, wish I had that mi- uh, microphone. I wish I had that, this one. 
I want you, I want you to put your, I want you to put your arms like this. Just a complete surrender, and almost like a cup, like, you know, hey. Here I am. You know, hey, hey. And I want you right now to say, whatever it is that is impeding real life from happening to you. God, I'm without joy. I am in fear. I am unfocused. I, whatever that is. And I want you just, just right now, in a moment of confession, I just want you to go, Jesus, that's me. I want you and him to have holy interaction right now. And I, I want you to say words to him that I don't put in your mouth. Father, I have to be really honest. Worry has kind of plagued me this week. I'm not sure I know how to answer things, and I, I have let it eat at me at night, and I've let it eat at me in the daytime, and I've let it eat at me at lunchtime. And God, I, I, I've let fear kind of grab a hold of me this week. That's just honest, Lord. Jesus, right now, God, I need, I need joy. I need, I need an infusion of it because I've got a race to run. And weariness can set in so easy, Lord. I, Lord, I, I need your love, God, because I at times my mind won't stay where it's supposed to stay. And fear and worry grab a hold of me, God. At times, God, I lose focus and I start listening to other voices. And I, Lord, I just need to listen to you. So Jesus, right now across this room... God, I pray for your people. They're open before you. And, God, we, we sang about your spirit making us alive. God, we sang about you giving us vivacious life, God, as we worshiped you today. We believe you're resurrecting us, that, Lord Jesus, your blood covers all of our sin and all of our weakness. And, God, as we stand here in this room, God, I pray for Holy Spirit joy to come upon your people God, not joy that's based on their circumstance or their relationships or their diagnosis or their financial reports or, or their, the, anything else other than just you, God. I, I pray for joy to come up on every person in this room, God, who lifted their hands and surrender, God. I, I pray, Father, that they, they would walk out of here full of hope and full of life right now, Jesus. God, for those who are just ravaged by fear, I pray an overwhelming sense of your love, God, would be upon them. God, your perfect love drives away fear, and where worry has just ruled the day for them, I pray it would cease that activity any longer. God, it would be driven away seven ways, the Bible says. Lord, I pray for that. And God, if we're going to be your disciples, God, we need a hunger for the things of God like we've never had before. And so just right now, begin to stir in your people, God, a hunger for the word of God, a hunger for the spirit of God, a hunger, God, for the worship of God, a hunger, Jesus, that only you can supply. You tell us if we eat what you've given us, we drink what you've given us, we'll never be hungry again, we'll never be thirsty again. And so God, pour out upon your people this day at Church Triumphant, God, everything that they need need. Right now, Jesus. God, we're staying with our hands wide. And I want you to say this. I want you to say this with me. I want to say, Jesus, I receive joy. Holy Spirit, I receive joy. God, I receive your overwhelming love. God, I receive hunger. I want to be hungry for you, Jesus. And so, God, today, move as only you can. 
Let it, Lord, you promise us that you would cause our cups to overflow. That's what the scriptures tell us. That, Jesus, you would cause rivers to flow out of our bellies, Lord God, of living water. God, fountains would brew up. And so, Jesus, today, among this people, God, not just in this building, among the people, let it go with us wherever we go, that there's a, a fountain of living water, a fountain of joy, a fountain of your love, a fountain of your grace, a fountain of your truth, God, springing up to eternal life. That it's not just about our lives, but the lives that will change around us. God, we want to be vivacious like Abraham and Sarah in their old age, God, that they would have offspring. And so, God, for us, we want to see the kingdom expand. We want to see growth happen for your namesake, Jesus. And we want to see people come to know you. And so, God, even at whatever age we are at, God, allow us to see the glory of God. Lord, we trust you and we bless you and we honor you. It's in your amazing and strong name we pray, God. Amen. The Bible says, and we, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Jesus says words like this. When you pray, believe that you receive. And here's how you know when you've received. Not because it lasts the duration of the service, but because it lasts the duration of what's about to happen as you walk out the door. I remember telling a kid one time, they, we, went to, we went to some youth conference, I think, and I think Josh McDowell spoke at that one, and I said, listen, and she was all lit up like a Christmas tree, man, God had done something great, and, she, and we rode this big charter bus all the way home, and she and I had this conversation, I said, now get ready. She said, what? I said, you're going to get hit when you get home. You've made a proclamation that you're going to walk with Jesus, and something's going, be ready, the, the, the challenge is coming. I said, don't be surprised if it feels like a two-by-four across the, the bridge of your nose. I told her those, those very words. And I promise, we pulled into the parking lot. She got out of the bus, went to go get in the car, and her family came, and it was like, just, just, just right there, man, just, just that fast. Didn't even get to the house. And so trust me, you have received what God has given you. But the validity of it will be because you walk through the challenge with it, not because you let the emotion go of it and got sidetracked and unintentional. Are you with me? Do you understand that? So here's my, here's my encouragement to you. Go face the challenge. Go face it now. Go walk out here. Enjoy this day and whatever it brings. Refuse to worry. Infuse faith. And incline yourself toward the kingdom and see what happens. Thanks for listening to the CT Podcast, a ministry of Church Triumphant. Another opportunity for you to be equipped and encouraged to win, disciple, and send. For further information, go to www.churcht.org.